Hey guys, welcome back or welcome to Bring Your Own Baggage. I'm your host Justine and I'm here to talk about mental health and body image issues on college campuses from the perspective of a college student. These struggles are much more prevalent than you'd expect and I'm here to let you know that you're not alone. Hey everyone, or duffels should I say, you know I'm really trying to push that name because I think it's so cute. But it is a little weird that I probably am the only one referring to BYOB listeners as duffels. But anyways, today we are going to be talking about how to support a loved one with mental illness with a very special guest. And I am so thankful that this guest stuck through the episode with me because I was very scatterbrained. I'll explain why later in the episode. Um, But to just kind of show you how scatterbrained I am, this is my fourth time recording the intro just because I was listening back to the other three and what I'm saying just does not make any sense at all. So yes, we'll explain that later. Thankful for her. Had so much fun talking to her. Really great time. Um, But yeah, we keep it real on BYOB. Not every day is a perfect recording day and just gotta stick through that. I'm trying to think of literally any life update to give you guys and the only thing coming to mind is that my physics exam is over. So I guess, oh wait, I lied. I lied. There is a life update. Oh my gosh, and I didn't think about this life update in the past three times, three, four times, whatever I recorded. So I'm glad that we got this out of the way to get to the meat of what I wanted to say. And that is that yesterday I was scrolling through Instagram. And have you guys noticed that Instagram has an ad literally every other post now because they care more about money than their users? Anyways, I was scrolling through Instagram and I see an ad for the Comfy and I was like, don't need to see this. I already have a Comfy, but then I did look at it and it was for a rainbow tie-dye Comfy, a rainbow tie-dye Comfy. Just let that soak in. And so of course I clicked on it and it is called the Cotton Candy Comfy and I really saw that as a sign because if you guys don't know, Cotton Candy Ice Cream is my favorite ice cream in the entire world. Anything Cotton Candy flavored, Cotton Candy Peeps, Cotton Candy, Cotton Candy Sugar Cookies, whatever love it even though i am always made fun of my taste or my love for cotton candy since it is a very childish thing but what i'm gonna say is even more childish so just listen up so anyways they have a rainbow tie-dye comfy and this comfy matches the squishmallows i have so i think i need it i'm open to any thoughts opinions um, about whether or not i need to match my squishmallows i mean the obvious answer is yes but i would just like some input into that before i make any decision this any decisions but My reasoning for this is yes, I do already have a comfy, but a rainbow comfy that matches my squishmallows would just really improve my mental health. And we're all for mental health and wellness on this podcast. So please don't stop listening to BYOB because I talk so much about squishmallows and comfies. I promise I have more substance than that. But anyways, I have been rambling for way too long now. So let's just get right into the intro. All right, guys. So as I mentioned, we have a very special guest with us today to talk about how to support a loved one with mental illness. So I'm joined with Stephanie Rosinski. Stephanie is a third year major doubling. (laughs) Stephanie is a third year double majoring in environmental science and anthropology. She's also on the executive board of Indie Heads and loves to get to meet new people and talk about music through that. In addition, a fun fact about her is that she's never tried ketchup or mustard before. And after undergrad, she plans on taking a break from academia and woofing for a couple of years. So two things. First of all, how have you never tried ketchup and mustard before? I don't know. It just, I never looked at it and I was like, I want to put that on a hot dog or like, I'm interested in trying that. I don't know. 
Okay. And now it's like a, that was like a personality trait. I can't do it now. <laughs> you can't ever try it. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, mustard is my condiment of choice. I am attracted to mustard. So I think that you need to try that. It is Dijon mustard, honey mustard, any mustard um, is beautiful. And then can you just explain to the BYOB, <laughs> I can't talk, to the BYOB listeners what woofing is? That's where you go and you work on like a, an organic farm and you just stay there without having to pay anything. That is amazing. I That's love that. That's so cool. <laughs> Do you have any like states in mind that you want to go live on or live at? No, I I just plan on graduating and leaving, figuring yeah. it out as I go. <laughs> <laughs> graduating and leaving. I love that. Okay, awesome. So guys, if I sound a little scatterbrained right now, it's because I have a horrible stomach ache from eating pokey earlier. It was amazing. It was worth it. It was so good, but my stomach is just not loving it. So I will be sipping on some ginger turmeric tea, um, courtesy of one of my housemates. They find the best teas, so that's what we're working with. All right, so we're just going to jump right into the personal experience. As I mentioned, we're going to be talking about how to support a loved one with mental illness. Um, and Stephanie was diagnosed with OCD. So we're going to be talking about her experience in the context of that and what her family and friends did to support her during that time. So jumping right into the personal experience, Stephanie, what was your fr- family and friends reactions to when you told them you were diagnosed with OCD? Um, I had been struggling with OCD, manifested as germophobia since high school and wasn't officially diagnosed with it until the summer before second year. So my friends and family knew that I had like what I called like a germ thing. So they weren't very surprised when I told them about the actual diagnosis, Um, but they were very supportive and they didn't treat me any differently, which I really appreciated. Mm -hmm. I think that that initial acceptance and compassion from my friends and family reassured me that I'm still the same person that they like they loved. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, now when I tell new friends about it, it's a lot more easy to discuss it since I've been dealing with it for so long mm-hmm. and um, have mainly been perceived positively. And I think that my comfort in talking about it makes it less intimidating for someone else to talk about it and for us to have a conversation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think one thing about mental illness that makes it so hard to talk about is you are just really concerned about what other people are going to think about it. Um, And it's really sad that some people still have such like a negative perception of mental illness, but it really does so much when people are just like, okay, that's cool, whatever. It's like they don't see you as being defined by your mental illness. And they're just like, okay, that's That's just something she deals with. Yeah, exactly. Something that she deals with. And like everyone has different things that they deal with. So that's really great that your friends and family are so supportive. So what are some actions that people can take to support an individual struggling with mental health? I feel like it's really important to try to understand how their mental illness manifests and affects them on a daily basis. Um, Like anxiety, depression, OCD, all look different for different individuals. And it's important to try to have a conversation about what their experiences are versus relying on generalizations and mm. like stereotypes about mm-hmm. them like like with me like dirt and natural things don't bother me so it can be a little frustrating when I say that I'm an environmental science major and people ask how I plan on actually pursuing that if I'm a germaphobe mm. and then I have to explain what bothers me and what doesn't and instead yeah. of feeling like we're having a constructive conversation I feel like I'm defending myself in mm-hmm. my career path which just feels bad. Mm, yeah. <laughs> um, and something else I feel like is super important um, when trying to support a loved one struggling with mental health is trying to understand that it is not the individual's fault or mm. desire, you know, to struggle with mental illness. Um, blaming and getting annoyed with someone who's having a rough time makes the individual feel worse about the situation. Mm-hmm. 
I always feel like I always feel bad when I'm having a bad day and I do something like wipe my laptop off and someone gets annoyed with me and offended. Mm-hmm. Um, like it's nothing personal. And some days yeah. I don't have to do that. Um, mm-hmm. But some days I I just need to do it to get through the day. Mm-hmm. And I wish people would I don't understand know, that. Yeah yeah. 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 No, that makes um, sense. Another thing is like try not to take other people's actions personally. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is definitely where boundaries are important because mm-hmm. some actions are inappropriate and should be addressed. Mm-hmm. But like wiping off my laptop, I don't think that's something that um, you need to justify. Yeah. Yeah. That's just mm-hmm. something I need to do. And I still care about you and I still love you, but I just need to do it to get through my day. Yeah. So I think compassion is very, very important, but also boundaries. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Um, thank you for sharing all of that. I'm just going in reverse order of what you just said. So for wiping off the laptop, especially, I think people just take everything very personally. And one thing that I've had to learn for my own sake is the world doesn't revolve around me and people don't do things because they're thinking about how I'm going to feel about it usually. So if like I touched your laptop and you wiped it off, it's not because you're like, ew, Justine's disgusting and gross. And like, I don't want her germs on my laptop. You're just like, this is something that I need to do for my sanity and for my mental health. And I think that's just something that a lot of people need to recognize. Like, unfortunately, the world does not revolve around us. And everyone is just very focused on what they're doing, um, not what you're doing. And another thing that's so important is educating yourself on the mental illness that your loved one struggles with. Because what you were talking about, I think... Still, people are people are getting better about learning about mental illness and educating them, themselves on it. But I feel like there are also people who just kind of rely on the stereotypes like what you were talking about. There are still people who are just like people with OCD are just super clean, like they're neat freaks. And it's just so much more than that. Like if you don't know that by now, you've been listening to all the episodes. I think I've had like three or, pe- three or four people on who struggle with OCD and that manifests itself in so many different ways for everybody. So it's not just being a neat freak. Like that's just offensive. (laughs) Honestly. Something that I found really helpful is following accounts on Instagram that promote mental health because they do a lot of good work of like informing people about what mental illnesses are and they have it like backed up by research and stuff like that. So it's like reputable and it's an easy way to kind of share with others because it's like an aesthetically pleasing graphic but it's also really informative um so yeah if you have someone struggling with mental illness please do research on what that is it takes literally three seconds to be like what is anxiety or like how does ocd manifest in different people's lives and stuff like that Mm -hmm. yeah so thank you again for sharing so the next question is did you ever encounter any negative reactions when you tried talking to family and friends about mental health and if so how did you work with this uh yeah uh, sometimes i'll be talking about how i feel worn down by dealing with ocd or ocd and anxiety um and i'm told that it's my own fault because i can control Ugh. my thoughts and oh, it's not a real issue that i'm dealing with um and I've talked with a few of my friends and they've had similar experiences um, where they've reached out to loved ones for support and they've been shut down or told that they're being overly sensitive. Mm-hmm. Um, and this can be a difficult situation because you're already making yourself vulnerable in a sense, talking about your struggles with mental health. And it's really hurtful to have someone criticize you or argue with you about your personal experience. Yeah. Um, so in these situations, I usually try to take a step back and ask them why they feel as they do. And hopefully this can lead to a more positive conversation and you can figure out why the other person is reacting the way that they are. And it can be like a good learning experience for both parties. Um, But sometimes it really just isn't possible to have a conversation at that moment. 
So I acknowledge what they're saying and I usually try to move past the conversation, whether that means changing the topic or leaving the room, because sometimes it can be more damaging to talk about it if the other person isn't willing to have a healthy dialogue about mm -hmm. it, then, you know, um, than just leaving it alone. Yeah. Um, and sometimes if the experience is really upsetting, I'll reach out to one of my friends to talk about what happened. And that's usually productive and helps mm -hmm. me work through that feeling of rejection or whatever else I'm feeling at that moment. Yeah, exactly. For anyone listening to this who struggles with mental illness, you cannot control your thoughts. Like I'm, when people say that, it drives me absolutely insane because I'm like, when you have a mental illness, it's literally like a chemical imbalance in your brain. And when someone says that to me, I'm like, wow, you don't think I've tried that before? <laughs> Do you think like, I want to be just... spending all this money on therapy and meds if I could just control my thoughts and make it go away? But yeah, and I think people sometimes they'll say that in like an offhand way because one, they get defensive about something that they don't know or two, like they're just ignorant. And another thing you talked about that I think is really positive is the idea of going to your friends after having a upsetting encounter with something like this because social support is so important and it's really important to have friends who you feel comfortable talking about mental illness with who've experienced similar things. I also have had a lot of people tell me that I can control my thoughts and stuff. And so knowing that other people like have gone through that is comforting in a way because first of all, like they can give me advice, but also like I know that I can't actually control my thoughts and I'm not crazy for not being able to do this so yeah, yeah I feel that. the same way it's like you're stuck in the same situation even if it's not a great one mm -hmm. yeah and it's particularly harmful when people you love and people you're close to you say stuff like it's so hurtful because it seems like they look at you a different way and what we were talking about before you're like I'm still Stephanie like mm -hmm. I'm still me like this doesn't define me and stuff but when people treat you like there's something wrong with you that you can't control. It's really, it's really damaging. I was going to say, I'd rather have a stranger come up to me and be like, you can control your thoughts instead of someone in my family. But that would just be so alarming if someone actually did that to me. <laughs> I'm like, um, are you okay? <laughs> I'm like, can you control your thoughts? <laughs> can you control your actions? Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> oh my gosh. All right. So the last question is, what are small things that your friends at college do to help you when you're having an especially hard day mental health wise? Um, I usually can tell my friends when I'm having a bad germ day or I'm feeling extra anxious. Um, and they usually try to have a conversation about what would make me feel better in that situation. I really, really value spending time with others. So we might make an effort to do homework together for a few hours or mm -hmm. go on a walk to get some air or my roommate that I live with. Um, we'll go watch a show together in the living room, which is always nice. Yeah. We're out like out and about the open doors and push shopping carts, which mm. are two small things that really make me feel significantly yeah. better. Um, and just having a conversation about silly things also helps. Like we might talk about show or, or some music or places we want to go. And it kind of helps me to take my brain out of my body for a moment and just yeah. to calm down. Yeah, it's really amazing. And I'm so glad you have friends like that. And something that really struck me with what you were talking about is how they'll do small things like open doors and push shopping carts for you. And so were those things that you talked to them about, about how it makes you feel uncomfortable or did they one day just notice that you were stressed about that some days or like how did how did they pick up on these cues? Um, the doors, uh, I think like because sometimes I would have to like use a napkin to open a door. I'd have to go wash my hands afterwards. Mm -hmm. So it was something they picked up on in shopping carts sometimes I'm like can someone please push the cart like I'm having yeah. a bad day and sometimes mm -hmm. like if I'm already expressed I'm having a bad day they'll just push it for me which always makes me 
feel loved, feel seen. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. And I think that can be hard sometimes for people with mental illness to talk about these small things because things that are really big to us aren't big to other people. So it can kind of be like embarrassing to be like, for me, example, when I'm having a bad day and I'm just like feeling really anxious, I have to be like, hey guys, not having a great day. If I seem really rude right now, like I'm not trying to be, it's just because I am just dealing with a lot internally and sometimes it can be embarrassing to do that because it's not something that people normally do or like say to other people but it makes so much of a difference when my friends are like yeah like that's fine I totally understand like if you need space like just let me know and that's really great because social support is really important but also just like getting alone time and just time to like process what you're thinking is also really important Mm All right. So thank you so much for sharing all of that personal experience. Really appreciate it. I feel like people can learn a lot from that. And so now we're just going to jump right into the advice portion. All right. So for our first piece of advice, many people often ask, how do I know when to help? So we're just going to go through some signs that a friend or family member may have a mental illness and can need your help. This is all from the Brain Behavior Research Foundation. So the first sign is they suddenly no longer have interest in things they used to enjoy. Next, they seem angry or sad for little or no reason. They don't seem to enjoy things anymore. They have told you about or seem to be hearing voices or having unsettling thoughts. They seem emotionally numb, like they don't feel anything anymore. They eat a lot more or less than they used to. Their sleep patterns have changed. They may seem they seem to be anxious or terrified about situations or objects in life that seem normal to you and others. They've been missing more and more time from work or school. They've been drinking heavily and are using drugs to cope. They're avoiding close friends and family members and they're talking about taking their life or feeling hopeless. The next bit of advice is in regards to a friend or family is showing signs of a mental health problem or reaching out to you for help. This is how you can offer support from mentalhealth.gov. Finding out if the person is getting the care that he or she needs and wants, if not connect him or her to help. Expressing your concern and support. Reminding your friend or family member that professional help is available and that mental health problems can be treated asking questions, listening to ideas, and being responsive when the topic of mental health problems come up, reassuring your friend or family member that you care about him or her, offering to help your friend or family member with everyday tasks, including your friend or family member in your plans, um, continue to invite him or her without being a bearing, even if your friend or family member resists your invitations, Um, educating other people so that they understand the facts about mental health problems and do not discriminate, Mm -hmm. and treating people with mental health problems with respect, compassion, and empathy. All right, so we know that talking about mental health can be kind of hard and uncomfortable if you are not used to it or educated um, about mental health in general. So we're now going to be going into eight tips for talking about mental health, and this is also from mentalhealth.org. The first is to set a t- The first is to set a- The first <laughs> All right. The first is to set time aside with no distractions. Next, let your loved one share as much or little as they want to. Let them lead the discussion at their own pace. Don't put pressure on them to tell you anything that they aren't ta- ready to talk about yet. Don't try to diagnose or second guess their feelings. Try not to make assumptions about what is wrong or jump in too quickly with your own diagnosis or solutions. Next, keep the questions open-ended. Say, why don't you tell me how you're feeling rather than, I can see you're feeling very low. Try to keep your language neutral. Give the person time to answer and not grill them with too many questions. Talk about well-being. 
Talk about ways of de-stressing or practicing self-care and ask if they find anything helpful. Exercising, having a healthy diet, and getting a good night's sleep can help protect mental health and sustain well-being. Listen carefully to what they tell you. Repeat what they have said back to them to ensure you understood it. You don't have to agree with what they're saying, but by showing you understand how they feel, you're letting them know you respect their feelings. Offer to help them in seeking professional support and provide information on ways to do this. You might want to offer going to the general practitioner with them or helping them talk to a friend or family member. Try not to take control and allow them to make decisions. This is super important because sometimes it's hard for people with mental illness to take the first step. So just sending them a list of resources. Um, If your school has caps or like the Psych Today website, I feel like is really useful um, and just like helping them again, take that first step. Mm -hmm. Finally, know your limits. Ask for help if the problem is serious. If you believe your loved one is in immediate danger or they have injuries they need that need medical attention, you need to take action to make sure that they're safe. And going off of this, also the mentalhealth.org is how to respond in a crisis. People with mental health problems sometimes experience a crisis such as feeling suicidal or experiencing a different reality. You may also feel a sense of crisis, but it's important to stay calm. Some general strategies are to listen without making judgments and concentrate on their needs at that moment. Ask them what would help them reassure and signpost practical information or resources, avoid confrontation, ask if there is someone they would like you to contact, encourage them to seek appropriate professional help, and if they have hurt themselves, make sure that they get the first aid that they need. All right, now we kind of touched on this a little bit earlier, but we're just going to give some examples of things to 100% avoid saying, and this is from NAMI. So the first one is just pray about it. This one drives me up a wall. I'm like, I did pray about it. And God told me to get on meds and start therapy (laughs) because I think I might do an episode about this later. Um, but I think it's taboo to talk about mental health and religion because people look down on it. They're like, Oh, it's because you don't go to church enough or your faith isn't strong enough. And again, that's not true. And I can pray as much as I want. And I do pray (laughs) as much as I want. But at the end of the day, like getting professional help is really important. Next is you need to just change your attitude. Again, attitude has nothing to do with mental health. With mental illness, I don't know how to stress this enough, but you cannot control what you think. You can take actions to, to manage the thoughts, anxieties, stresses, whatever you have. But at the end of the day, you can't control it by just saying, all right, I'm not thinking about this anymore. Like that's that. Mm-hmm. Next is stop harping on the negative. You should just start living. If someone said that to me, I would punch them in the face. <laughs> Next is everyone feels that way sometimes. This is so hurtful because it really downplays or what's the word? Like devalues. invalidates. Yes, yeah. devalues, invalidates the way that someone is feeling. And with someone struggling with mental illness, Again, they need professional support and saying like everyone deals with this, everyone feels this way sometimes will really um, keep them from getting that help that they need. Mm-hmm. Next is you have the same illness as my blank, my mom, my cousin, my friend, whatever. You're like, okay, and <laughs> like this isn't some the same person. Like, kind of club, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and last is, yes, we all feel a little crazy now and then. Having mental illness doesn't make you crazy. I don't know what it's going to take for people to get that through their heads. But again, if you struggle with mental illness, you are not crazy. Don't let anyone make you feel like you're crazy. And don't feel like you have to call yourself crazy to make yourself more relatable or mm-hmm. accessible. Yeah, exactly. And then also from NAMI, things to avoid doing. Criticizing, blaming, or raising your voice at them. Talking too much, too rapidly, or too loudly. 
silence and pauses are okay. Showing any form of hostility towards them. When I'm upset and having a, a difficult time, if someone gets angry with me, it just mm -hmm. makes me feel even worse. And then I shut down. I don't want to talk about it. And it's not yeah. conducive mm -hmm. to anything. Yeah. Um, assuming things about them or their situation. I feel like that relates to the, you have the same illness as my, mm -hmm. because it's, it's not the same. Mm -hmm. um, being sarcastic or making jokes about their condition and patronizing them or saying anything condescending. Mm -hmm. I think that the last two ones about being sarcastic or patronizing, um, people tend to act like that because they think, oh, you're just saying that you're depressed to be quirky. Like, haha, like people, I feel like now on social media have just gotten really into being like, oh my God, I'm so depressed. Like that's not quirky. Depression isn't just like a trend, not like a phase that you go through. Depression is a real mental illness that usually comes from something traumatic that someone experienced. So making jokes about that is not not a good look. All right. So that is all for ad our advice portion. Um, at the end of the day, though, it's really important to remember that ultimate responsibility lies with the person living with the illness. And you can play an active role in your friend or loved one's treatment, but don't put too much pressure on yourself to take the I think emotional demand of mental illness on yourself. When helping someone with their own recovery, it's really important to remember that it's extremely important to take care of yourself and maintain your own support system. Having family and friends to confide in as well as assist you when your loved one cannot is vital. Make sure to set boundaries, decide what your limits are, and inform your friend or loved one. All right, so that wraps it up with for this episode. Thank you so much, Stephanie, for coming on. I really appreciate it. Oh, thanks for having me. I really enjoyed talking about this. Yeah, episode. learned a lot. So if you guys are still listening, thank you so much. And make sure to BYOB next week. Bye.